You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. It is still a stock picker's market. I think the risk is now to the upside. Can the GDX correct down to the 26 level again? I mean, sure, that's that's possible, but I don't see it because, um, like I said, the action that I've seen over the past few weeks and especially the past few sessions where the juniors have begun to lead and weakness continues to be bought, I think that the risk is now to the upside. This is Mining Stock Education, and I am your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. If you would like to engage the show, feel free to email me at bill at miningstockeducation.com. And as the markets have been very volatile, um, a number of you have emailed me or messaged me regarding your trades and should I hold cash on the side uh, and wait for a sell-off or should I go all in now because I believe gold's going higher? Well, that's a question I'm going to pose to my guest today. I'm speaking again with David Erfley, the junior miner junkie. David, welcome back to the show. And as the GDX has broken through that seven-year 32 resistance, would you say it's time to go all in on the gold miners now? Well, um, I should talk my book, Bill, because I went all in last week. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been I've been slowly uh, adding to my partial positions, uh, expecting this breakout to happen. So, um, you know, uh, I I did the rest of my buying last week. I mean, you've got a, a confirmation of a weekly close above 32 in the GDX. And um, that that is a seven year breakout of consolidation. So um, and what you're seeing uh, with uh, the price action, the past few sessions, you're seeing gold being down 15, 20 dollars and you're seeing weakness immediately bought in the GDX. But you're also seeing um, the SIL and the SILJ, which are the, the silver ETFs. You're seeing those leading also. Um, so, uh, silver stocks are going up with gold stocks, juniors are leading the miners, um, and the breakout has, has taken place. So, um, weakness has, continues to be bought and, um, I, I, I see that the downside, uh, is very minimal here and the upside, uh, is the, the technically measured target of a breakout of, uh, 32 at, on the GDX is $50. So, um, I see weakness continuing to be bought until it gets there. Was there going to be corrections on the way? Absolutely. But um, the juniors have a lot of catching up to do. So the probability of that steep you know, fishing line sell-off is uh, close to none in your book now. Absolutely. Yes. Um, uh, I think um, when you saw a, a false breakout in late February, four weeks later, you saw a false breakdown, 50% lower. Mm-hmm. And then the the GDX actually broke out another four weeks later. That is a huge bear trap and a false move. And historically speaking, you know, Bill, I've been in this in this sector for 18 years now. There is almost always a false move lower before the next up leg begins. It gets everybody out of position. It gets everybody out of the boat before it goes higher. So anybody that was going to sell their juniors sold them in mid March. Yeah, and the, the confidence in your voice now, Dave, uh, as we've chatted over these last two months, you are confident. You're fully invested now. And uh, since you you know, jumped back in, what percentage are you up in your to- total portfolio? I'm up about probably about 30% total mm-hmm. um, since then. But uh, as you know, the juniors have been lagging. You know, um, the majors and uh, the royalty companies, 
you know, they've still been outperforming. But now the breakout has taken place. These juniors are beginning to outperform. And I can I, I, I expect them to continue to outperform until the GDX hits that measured target at 50. I mean, it's, that's what has taken place in history. And so I expect it to take place again. Um, what we're really lacking, though, is some volume. But that will come. Uh, a concern someone had that I spoke to last week on the GDX, even with the close above 32, they felt like it was still a more of an indecision because of the volume that they saw, but you wouldn't agree with that either. No, I wouldn't. I think price is more important and the action is more important, especially in the juniors. Um, you know, the juniors have, have been uh, linked to silver historically and also during this move since 2016. I mean, the juniors and silver have lagged the gold space and lagged the miners considerably since 2016. Um, so um, I expect now the juniors to begin to outperform. And once silver gets above 1650, I think that's when the juniors will really start to move. I've received a, a message, uh, Dave, and the investor was concerned that they missed the move, that you know, off the bottom that we saw six weeks ago, stocks like Newmont have moved uh, 100%. And they're concerned that, you know, did I miss the move? Should I wait? Well, you already answered the should I wait. So now if they're convinced they should get in, where would be some, uh, you mentioned the juniors a little lower down the food chain, where might be some places that they could look for investments? The four subsectors that I'm in invested in are junior royalty streaming companies, junior growth oriented producers, junior developer explorers, and a few earlier, earlier stage juniors. Uh, I agree. They probably missed the move in the majors and in the major uh, royalty streaming companies. You know, those, you know, it's going to take a while for those stocks to double. But as far as juniors are concerned, you have by no means missed the move. I mean, a lot of these companies are already uh, starting to play catch up. Some have already caught up, but there are still quite a few juniors out there that are undervalued that are that have 5, 10, 15 bagger potential. And with the junior royalty companies that you invested in, we know they move first. Are you going to be taking some of those profits at, and at what point and then moving that lower down into the food chain to some of the riskier explorers? Um, you know, that depends on uh, how big their market cap gets in relation to my portfolio. You know, I have rules that if, if a company gets any larger than 10% of my portfolio, I'll take profits. Or if I feel uh, a company has gotten overvalued, I'll go ahead and take some profits and then I'll, I'll, I'll let my, I'll take, I'll get my original investment capital out and I'll let the rest run until I feel the move is over. And, um, I don't expect to see a major correction now in, in the, in the uh, mining sector until the GDX hits that $50 area. That high. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there's going to be corrections along the way, but uh, I don't see a major correction happening until, uh, until that takes place. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Osino Resources is a Ross Beattie-backed gold exploration company in mining-friendly Namibia. Osino's district-scale land package is situated near two producing gold mines, one of which Osino's management team previously developed and sold to B2 Gold. Osino's founders and management are experienced mining professionals who have already successfully developed and sold two companies in the past seven years. Osino has a tight share structure, and with its current treasury, it can self-fund the advancement of its gold discovery into at least 20 2022. This is an exploration company with drills turning that you'll definitely want to pay attention to. Osino trades in New York under the ticker O-S-I-I-F and in Toronto under the ticker O-S-I. To learn more, go to OsinoResources.com. That's OsinoResources.com. 
What are your thoughts on oil? Obviously, oil went negative $40. It's like kind of hard to even think about that, that it was selling for that. But if when you understand the oil market, you understand why because of shipping and storage and forced delivery and things like that. But what is your thoughts on what occurred in the oil markets? And what should junior speculators take away from that? That's just another reason to like, like the miners here. I mean, up to 70% of, of miners costs is, is linked to the, the price of oil. So um, with oil now below $15 a barrel, and with, let's say you're um, uh, a miner in Australia that has a project in Australia that has a project in Canada, you're paying your workers in a, in a, in a currency that's, that, that continues to drop. You've got an oil price below $15 a barrel, and you've got the gold price near $2,500 in Canadian dollars and near $2,700 in Australian dollars. So um, you're making a, you're like, you're making quite a bit of money if you're an Austra- if you're a, if you're a, a gold miner that's that's mining gold in, in Australia and Canada. And one Australian development project is Vista Gold, and uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on Vista Gold now? They have a about six million ounce reserve there. Obviously, gold is where it's at now. Uh, they're looking for a partner. Is a project like this a good optionality play on gold right now? Yeah, I th- I've, it's it's a company that I don't own, but yes, I feel it is because um, the, the management team is very experienced. Uh, they understand they've had an optionality project for quite some time, so they haven't blown out the share structure. Uh, they have a U.S. listing, a U.S. big board listing, which helps. Uh, but it is a, it is a hard rock deposit. It's going to be expensive to build, and I know they've been looking for a partner for over a year now. Uh, so so yes, I mean uh, uh, that is that is one that is a good speculation. In the last week, we saw some um, kind of disturbing news come out of Papua New Guinea in which Barrick's license mm-hmm. is not going to be renewed at their high-grade gold mine. And, you know, essentially this is nationalization. Does that completely turn you off to Papua New Guinea now? Um, I mean, I've, I've got one company on my watch list, which is K92. You know, the, the, the margins on that mine that they actually bought from Barrick. Barrick sold them mm-hmm. that mine. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why they sold them that mine was because the national national uh, nationalization uh, expectations uh, of that of they had, that they had there. Um, but uh, that's the only company that I had on my, have on my watch list. But yes, I mean that's that's something that I would that that I would uh, steer away from um, is if 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 uh, the country starts to nationalize mines. And yeah, I, I would definitely stay away from from companies that have mines in countries that are starting to nationalize. Uh, over the weekend, Eric Sprott must have found some spare change under the couch because <laughs> we saw today that he's putting $60 million into mag silver. Any commentary here? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's a, that's a lot of money to you and me, but it's basically lunch money to Eric. You know, he's, 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 he's taken uh, a, chunks of a lot of these companies and, um, you know, he's uh, he's I feel he's he's doing it right this time. I mean, the last time he did this, he did it through his fund. And um, once the bear market was ushered in, um, he was forced to sell uh, due to fund redemptions. So this time he's done it privately. So um, if there's a you know, if there's a hiccup in, in the sector, um, he won't have to sell his shares. And he's done a he's done a great job of backstopping a lot of these these companies. And I, I'm invested in a few of them. And um uh, yeah, Mag Silver is is one that, that that should do very well. 
And would you do you invest in a company after Eric Sprott comes in, or only before? Oh no, I've 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 done that in the past. I I, I haven't done it right away. I will watch the stock for for a while and wait for an entry point. But yes, I, I've done that in the past. What about commodities other than gold? We've uh, in our last three interviews talking almost exclusively about gold. But are there any uh, commodities that you got your eye on right now? I mean, uranium's looking really good. Um, but that, but that is, I think uranium stocks will be more susceptible to uh, a market sell-off than gold stocks will be now, mm-hmm. uh, because they're they're you know they're they're related to energy, uh, and so they're related to uh, deflationary worries. And um, although silver also is related to deflationary worries, it's it's getting a lot of uh, safe haven bids right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I see I see the silver price going higher with, with, with gold. On an anecdotal level, what type of feedback have you been getting from your subscribers and any new type of subscribers that you see signing up? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's all been very positive. Um, I've had I have I've had my best month for signups that I've ever had in the history uh, of JMJ, which I started in April of 2017. Um, so I'm I'm getting a lot of newbie investors. I'm getting a lot of uh, you know newbie questions. Uh, because as you know, Bill, my, my site is my, uh, my, my service is also a teaching service. So, uh, it's, it's nice to see all these, um, newer investors coming into the sector because, uh, I, I like to teach them how to make money. So with the newer investors coming in people that haven't focused as intensely on this sector, like you and me, was it going to take gold at an all time high before we really start to see that inflow or are we actually seeing it right now? I think we're starting to see it now that we've had the uh, confirmed breakout in the GDX, but we'll really start to see it once the gold price gets over 1800. And as we're looking at uh, the summer, I mean, are we going to, you expecting the summer doldrums this year or with all the fireworks going on in the world with the virus and the economic uh, shutdown, should we maybe not be expecting that slowdown that we typically see in the mining space? Yeah, I really don't. Um, we've had we've had the doldrums in, in March. Uh, like I said, you know, I mean, the weekends that we're going to sell sold in March. So we're still mostly trading amongst ourselves as far as resource speculators are concerned. But we are starting to see new money coming into the sector. So um, although I do, I think uh, as far as the gold price is concerned, once it gets to that 1800 area, is it susceptible to a sell-off down to say 1550? Absolutely, I I I, I do believe that is a, a strong possibility. But I think the weakness will be bought in the miners as they play as they continue to play catch up. Dave, this question is about management. When there is a management over a junior miner and things just go completely wrong and everybody loses money, um, and I'm thinking of one company where it went bankrupt. And then a year or two later, the, the same management launches a new company. Would you even consider anything like that? And what do you do? Is that person's career over or could they start over? I mean, how do you look at a situation like this? Well, you know, as, as far as the, the junior sector is concerned, anybody can start over. You know, there's still a lot of these zombie companies, a lot of these lifestyle companies that are continue to stick around as the, the TSX venture lowered their minimum down to one cent. I mean, any any company that's trading at one cent can do a private placement now. So um, when you have things like this happen, um, these companies can stick around, and these uh, these these uh, these management teams that have failed in the past can do it all over again. So you absolutely have to continue to be very careful on where you put your money in this sector. Um, 
And it starts with the people, always has and it always will. And Dave, as we conclude, uh, final thoughts in light of what we've spoken about that you'd like to share with my audience? Uh, sure. You know, I mean, it, it's although it's, it is still a stock picker's market, I think the risk is now to the upside. Um, can the GDX correct down to the 26 level again? I mean, sure, that's that's possible, but I don't see it because, um, like I said, the action that I've seen over the past few weeks and especially the past few sessions where the juniors have begun to lead and weakness continues to be bought, um, I think that the risk is now to the upside. Dave's website is juniorminerjunkie.com. Are there still open sl- slots? Uh, you limit the service to 250. Is there still openings if people are interested? Yes, I think there's about 13 or 14 left now. Okay. Uh, something like that, yeah. All right, juniorminerjunkie.com. Dave, uh, I've learned a lot from you over the years. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and sharing your insights again. Anytime, Bill. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.